Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today, we are going to talk about something that we love doing. It has totally revolutionized the way we eat, and that is meal planning. Meal planning is the foundation of the Plant Based on a Budget meal plans. And we have learned so much that we want to share with you. And we've even brought on a guest later in the episode to share about her new cookbook. Her name is Jackie Savan. And yeah, we're excited for that interview. But first, we're going to share some of the benefits for you. Yep. So first of all, what is meal planning? It's just the simple act of taking time to actively plan out your meals. And that has so many benefits. You can save time, save money, set yourself up for success, especially if you're eating in a new way, like trying plant-based, prevent eating out a lot and spending money and eating unhealthy food when you're exhausted and go to a drive-through on the way back from work. It combats that syndrome where you're opening the fridge and the cupboard a hundred different times trying to figure out what you can make from what you have in your house. It makes grocery shopping easier. It prevents food waste. It makes work and school lunches easy. You can spend less time cooking in the kitchen. There's just infinite benefits to meal planning. My favorite is saving money, (laughs) obviously. I love saving money and I love helping people save money. And this is really the best way to do it. It's shopping with intention. It's using what you have and making that the foundation of your meal planning and your meals for the week. You don't want to be going to the grocery store. And this is such an easy thing to do when you're just going after work and you're tired and you're hungry and you have no idea and you just go around, you're like, "Mm, that looks good. and that looks good. Then you come home and there's not one meal that you can make with all the random things that you bought. That is how I lived my life until Tony and I started working on the plant-based on budget meal plans together. And she showed me the way of meal planning. And I would come home from the grocery store. My husband would just be like, what can we possibly make out of these? And I would end up getting a lot more expensive pre-prepped meals or like refrigerated, you know, spring roll wraps and everything that's, yeah, it's taking your money away. You could very easily make those yourself, make more of them, make them more delicious, make them more healthy. Meal planning is the way. (laughs) Yes. So it's shopping with intention. And that starts at the very beginning of assessing your, what you have in your cupboard. I usually look into my cupboard and say, okay, I know I have beans. I know I have pasta, but I don't have any vegetables. I don't have sauce. I don't have tortillas. And I decide what I can make and what is going to do well batch cooking, because that's going to be something that we're going to talk about later in the episode. But forming that meal plan and then arranging my groceries in a way that's going to make my grocery shopping trip efficient, because that's also something that we tout as a benefit of meal planning is saving time, creating that meal plan, using the shopping list to continue that efficiency in the grocery store is just very, very helpful and a good use of your time. Yeah. And what Tony means by that is like for most of us or probably many of you listening, maybe you have a list somewhere in your kitchen where when you need to refill something, you just put it down on the list, something you need to buy next time you're at the grocery store, but it is not organized in any sort of way. So by chopping grocery shopping list into fresh produce items, frozen items, bulk items, just the different foods that you'd find in different segments of the grocery store, it can make it way more efficient when you actually go grocery shopping and you can just be checking them off all in the same area where you're shopping rather than 
running to run side of the supermarket, running to the other side, and then realizing you forgot something that's in the fresh produce side. It just can save so much time and hassle. And when I'm thinking about grocery shopping, I also consider where I'm going to get what I need. And often that's not the closest grocery store to my house. So what I do is once a month grocery trip, I go to a big warehouse style grocery store that's called Winco. And they have really excellent bulk selection and really discounted produce and frozen foods and a lot of cheaper items of what I usually get. So I go there and I stock up. I get tons of canned beans. I get my frozen produce and I get things that are going to last a long time so that when I am in the middle of the month, I always have those bulk items to rely on. And then during Each week when I'm meal planning and meal prepping, I go to Sprouts because it's the closest grocery store to my house and I stock up on the fresh food. So I get my greens and my broccoli and my onions, garlic, all that stuff on a weekly basis or I go to the farmer's market during the summer and replenish what I have based on what I've already done the assessment in my cupboard for bulk items. Yeah, definitely. And then it's also really helpful to have like a day that you do the bulk of your prep. So depending on how extensive you're going with your meal planning, if you're making everything from scratch, your rice from scratch, your beans from scratch, all of that, it can be really helpful to do that on a weekend, especially if you work a job or you go to school during the week. Sunday can become a sacred day where you spend two hours just doing some basic prep for things that you can have on hand throughout the week. So you can kind of plan your meals around whatever rice or grain or beans or legumes, whatever, you're going to integrate into your meals that week and you can make big batches over the weekend. I also rely a lot on prepped food. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is I have a lot of frozen produce. I just mentioned that and I did really struggle with it because I thought I want to get the freshest food in my body, but ended up resulting in me throwing away a lot of food when I wasn't meal planning and I was traveling a lot. And this makes it so that I always have something to fall back on. So say I planned out my meals and I've run out of broccoli. Now I have frozen broccoli to fall back on and I always have fresh veggies in my in my meals. Yeah, and the other thing is, I know it, it makes logical sense that the food you see out on shelves at the grocery store, like the fresh produce is the most fresh and nutritious and all of that. But in reality, when you're buying frozen produce, a lot of that has been frozen at the exact point of perfect ripeness. It never had to travel as far or sit on shelves for days before consumers were going to purchase it. So a lot of times they can be picked later in the season when they're closer to ripe and then frozen right at the perfect point. So buying frozen vegetables, especially, and fruit does not mean you're getting lower quality food. And it does come with so much more convenience behind it. And I'm someone who just dealt with a lot of food waste. I still struggle with it on an ongoing basis when I buy fresh produce. So shifting my purchasing habits to more frozen has really helped me reduce that. I feel like the same goes with canned beans. Mm-hmm. For me, I recently made a big pot of beans for my my meal planning, but I made it a little bit too much and then some of them went bad. And so even I, who meal plans like... Your job, which my it job is. is everything <laughs> to me. Uh, I still am struggling a little bit with the portions. So I made these beans... I used them throughout the week in different meals, but then I had a little bit left. Although I strongly advocate for cooking from scratch to save money and to always know what you're putting in your body. 
I do spring for canned beans a lot because it's easier during the work week. I only use smaller portions so that they're always fresh. And you can get like refried beans and not have to do that work. And the ingredients are just beans and salt usually and water. It's so simple. I also am that way. I can't remember the last time I've made my own beans from scratch. It was definitely from our meal plan, but I'm a big advocate of like spend a little bit of extra money and save a lot of time in the kitchen. If you can cook from scratch, I I do recommend that. And I do love, I love home cooked beans. Yeah. Well, it's the question of, do you have more time or do you have more money? And we talk about that a lot in meal planning. You want to be thinking about what is most important to you? What are your limited resources? Is it money? Is it time? Is it energy? Is it exhaustion? Like what is it? And take the things that are most important to you and just make those things as easy as possible so that meal planning itself doesn't become a wall you can't even climb. And sometimes you can make certain ingredients from scratch. So um, maybe make quinoa in your pressure cooker Mm -hmm. for four minutes and have that as staple that you'll use throughout the work week. But then rely on canned beans. So you're not having to cook the beans for two hours on the stovetop or an hour in your pressure cooker. Right. Yeah. The other tip that Tony always shares is I always use fresh garlic, but if you're hanging out with people or living with people, you're cooking with garlic and your hands are going to smell like garlic for like two weeks. (laughs) Like it just never leaves the pores of your hands and it takes some time to chop up and stuff. So Tony has started buying minced garlic, jarred minced garlic, gallons of minced garlic. (laughs) So she can just take spoonsfuls of it as an ingredient and not have to like custom chop it and everything. And that saves so much time because you think about crushing the garlic, peeling the garlic, mincing the garlic, then swooping it into your pan. That all takes one, two, three minutes. And that three minutes turns into such a long process when you think about the onion that you'll chop and the celery that you're going to chop and all the other things in meal prepping. And actually that's something that we haven't talked yet about is cooking or prepping all of your vegetables on that day that you're cooking. So if you're, we'll say Sunday, if on a Sunday you are deciding which meals you want to make throughout the week, I recommend cutting all of the vegetables on that day and putting them in your Tupperware so that you don't have to do that extra work throughout the week. Yeah. And I want to share a tip. If you like salads or if you actually don't like salads, this is a great tip to try because you will start. My friend Allison River Sampson taught me about the concept of creating a DIY salad bar in your refrigerator. And so you take your food processor and then you can take like a purple cabbage and a beets or just like whatever ingredients that you have that need to be like chopped up to put into a really delicious salad and you just food process them all, put them in jars, keep them in your fridge. And then you have like a whole food style salad bar at your disposal anytime you open the fridge. And it just takes a little bit of prep. You do it all at once. You clean it all at once. It's ready to go. And then you have healthy foods and snacks waiting for you in the fridge. It's one of my favorite meal prepping tips ever. I think that can also be applied to other meals like let's say overnight oats. You can start with a base of regular overnight oats and every day you can switch it up with adding a dollop of peanut butter or different berries or nuts or cinnamon and really customize it. So just having the ingredients available and having a good base will really save you time in the mornings. Make sure that you're eating healthy in the mornings and 
also it's something that you can easily carry out. Michelle, do you want to talk to them about overnight oats? What is it? Overnight oats is like oatmeal, but you don't cook it. So you just take raw, uncooked, old-fashioned oats, put it in a jar with some milk. You can put like a sweetener or chia seeds or goji berries or anything you want, frozen fruit, whatever you want to mix in. And you put it in the jar overnight. And in the in the morning, you have oatmeal that's ready to eat cold. You could also heat it up, but it's a really easy grab-and-go breakfast. And you can make like three or five of them at one time in the night and just have breakfast that are ready to go for the morning for the whole week. I also love smoothie bags. <laughs> yes, smoothie bags. Smoothie bags are, you could you could use containers if you're trying to cut down on your plastic. Use little frozen or a freezer-friendly Tupperware and fill it with all of the things that you would put in your smoothie in the morning minus the liquid. And in the morning, all you have to do is dump that Tupperware into the blender with your, we'll say soy milk, blend it up and you don't have to spend all of that time prepping and dumping each ingredient into the blender. Yeah. And I know a lot of things that we've mentioned right now have included appliances, which I think is like another tip is figure out the ways that you like to meal prep and invest in the appliances that are going to make that really easy. So having a high power blender that can handle a lot of frozen fruits, veggies, nuts, whatever, is really, really handy. Having a food processor and enables you to like not have to hand chop everything. Everything's really fast and can be done in there. And then also an instant pot enables you to cook soups and stews and just like big portions of delicious foods much more quickly than you could on the stove or in a slow cooker or in a rice cooker even. And I want to give you some examples of how to use those tools. I didn't know that I needed a food processor and I Mm -hmm. put one on my wedding registry just because I thought, if someone's going to buy it for me, I guess I'll use it. And now I can't imagine living without it. It makes my food prep so easy and chops my vegetables evenly. I guess I should go back a little bit and talk about what it is. A food processor cuts up your vegetables and it has different, what are those called? Blades. Blades. So most people look at a food processor and what I used it for for years was just to basically blend stuff, process stuff, and which is one function of it. But food processors also come with this blade oh, attachment, attachment uh-huh. yeah, that you stick in that has all different types of like, it looks like, like a, a cheese grater. Yeah. yeah. One that grates, one that chops, slices, yeah. uh, shreds. <laughs> shreds. And those are what I use all of the time. So I will get some carrots and grate them. And I'll use those in a stir fry throughout the week or in soups. And I'll also slice my celery through there. And that way throughout the week, I just dump. Right. And then you, that's what the, that like shoot on the top of the, to oh, the yeah. top of the food processes it serves for, for the longest time, I like never use that, but it's, it's when you're using that like grating and chopping tool. And it does take a little bit of getting used to like, which side is going to do what to these veggies, but play around a little bit. And once you get the hang of it, you can advance prep all that stuff on the weekend and not have to do barely any chopping during the week. It's awesome. Instant pot. Instant we pots both are awesome. love our instant pot. You've <laughs> the, heard, if you've listened to our podcast episodes, I, I think you've heard us talk about it every single episode. Yeah. <laughs> every single episode so far. Yeah. And if you guys don't have one and you're thinking about getting one, hold off till Prime Day. Prime Day. Any of the Black sale Friday, days. Yeah. Any of those big sale days on Amazon. They usually have like 50% off. Right. And when I first got, I think I got it on a Black Friday or a Prime Day or something. And my Instant Pot came to my house and it sat in the box for like 
six months, a year. I don't know, like for so long because I was intimidated by it. I didn't really know how to cook, what to cook in it. And so it just sat in the box. And then once I finally pulled it out, and I think the first thing I made was some really simple like white rice. And I was just like, oh my God, I can get rid of my rice cooker. I can get rid white of White rice, three minutes. Yeah, three minutes for white rice. I mean, plus the time to come to pressure. But it's it's just such a simple tool to use once you get the hang of it. So highly recommend that. I bought my vet blender refurbished. Mm -hmm, Me too. I bought my blender refurbished. I have a Vitamix and buying it refurbished, I think saved me 150 or somewhere around there. So it is significant. And then also on days like Prime Day and Black Friday, and even some Amazon deals of the day, you can find a refurbished Vitamix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I got mine on Prime Day. I also got it refurbished and I was blown away when it came. When you get it by refurbished, it looks brand new. They replaced the jar. They replaced all of the cosmetic elements of the blender. So it's there's really no reason not to get refurbished. And you used to have a blend tech. Do you recommend I that? I do not. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, I mean, it, well, no, it's good to talk about because the two big competitors are Vitamix and blend tech, and you're investing so much money on this appliance that ho- that's hopefully going to last for the rest of your life. So you really want to find the one that's best for you. And so if you are in that stage of looking for which one to buy, I highly recommend the Vitamix over the blend tech not sponsored. I love that the Vitamix has a tamper. So you could make like banana ice cream with just frozen bananas. You don't need to add liquid because you have this tamper tool that can push down on the like fruits, veggies, or anything thick that you're blending. And in the blend tech, it just couldn't hand, it couldn't do that. And it was very frustrating because there was like a slot for a tamper, but they don't sell a tamper. <laughs> it's the same with peanut butter. I love making peanut butter because that it's sounds so, hard to it's, clean. It's so gratifying to watch <laughs> these solid peanuts turn into a butter right in front of my eyes. And, and a big part of how that works is through the tamper. So I also recommend the Vitamix. I know it's a big expense. For me, I bought mine only because I was cashing out of a job of vacation hours. And they gave me a check and I was like, hmm, how can I spend this <laughs> in a way that is going to be as satisfying as a vacation. And so I bought myself a blender. Oh yeah. Also, I don't know if any of you guys belong to Costco, but I know my birth father got his, his Vitamix from Costco and was able to spend or save money that way. Yeah. So appliances are great. And then what else? We can give you some examples of some easy meal prep foods for breakfast and lunch and dinner. We talked about overnight oats and smoothie prep bags. Those are two of our top favorite breakfast meals that are easy and so healthy, but you can always get a little more creative and do something like a tofu scramble. You can make a big batch and it reheats beautifully. And then you can also, we're big fans of like making a big batch of something and finding creative new ways to reuse it. So for a lunch, you could, for another day, you could take your leftover tofu scramble and turn it into a burrito. Um, You can add some guacamole and whatever, lettuce, mock meats, whatever you want to add and use that meal again. You can also do a chickpea salad. A chickpea salad is kind of a vegetarian take on uh, on tuna salad. And, so good. And you can eat that straight up as a salad. You can eat it as a wrap. You could do a sandwich. The options are endless with, with what you can do. And also for dinner, I love creating a very basic base of something. So we'll say split pea soup. For a split pea soup, I would make it just a regular split pea soup on the first day. And then I would take a bowl the next day and add sriracha and lemon juice. Then the next day I would take the basic base of the soup and add nutritional yeast to make it a little bit cheesy. 
And then maybe the last day, the fourth day, I would have my bowl over a soup, kind of like a curry. I'm sorry. A rice. <laughs> a rice. <laughs> a rice like a curry. And you can make it so that you're not getting tired of eating the same thing. I know something I hear all the time from people who are batch cooking is that they just can't stand whatever they made a big pot of uh, seven days later. So this is a way to be creative and not get tired of something that you may have loved once. Yeah. And the other thing is if you are one of those people, I personally, I feel like if I make something that's delicious, I could eat it every day forever. But if you are one of those people that's like, I've had this once this week, I can't have it again. You can still meal plan and you can still batch cook and just find recipes that freeze well. So split pea soup freezes beautifully. Like you can put that in a container, put it put it in single servings that you can turn to in other times during the month or whatever. And I found that Costco has really good sales on freezer-friendly Tupperware. Mm-hmm. I just bought a set, like a Pyrex glass. Yeah, okay. it's like a, yeah. about a Pyrex set and it's got snapware tops and glass bottoms and those freeze really well. Yep. And if you don't belong to Costco, I've gotten all of mine on Amazon and they've been super awesome. You can get a big package of them that will basically last you forever until you give people food and never get them back. <laughs> Tony, I think I have like 14 of your <laughs> Paul knows. Paul knows because I, I send him with food to take to his coworkers all the time. And everybody knows there that I need my Tupperware yeah. back the same day. <laughs> so if he's going to bring, if I'm going to share food with them, they know that by the end of the day, I better have my Tupperware back. That's so funny. <laughs> Another dinner idea just to just throw something out for your repertoire is pasta, my favorite food on planet earth. And you can do all sorts of stuff, obviously with a base of pasta, but to make it as healthy as possible, we love adding marinara sauce and veggies. You could add a plant-based meat or some crumbled tofu for some added or for some protein. Mm, nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast, spices. Gardein has really amazing meatballs that are super yummy in pasta. So you could like make the base of, base of pasta and then add things throughout the week that are a little bit more specialty if you have the room for that in your budget. And that makes it again, feel a little bit different and yummy. I, I was just, this is probably me being a pregnant woman, but <laughs> I just thought about taking leftover pasta with sauce and meatballs and putting it in a sandwich and having a pasta sandwich. <laughs> mm, I did that. Um, oh, with, Mio- with mm, Miyoko's mozzarella. Oh, oh yeah. my God. It's like the meatball sub, but with pasta added. Oh, I'm going to have to make that soon. Well, those are some tips to kick us off with, but let's bring on our star guest of the day, Jackie, who wrote a book on meal planning and meal prepping. She is someone who has been creating delicious vegan recipes for many, many years. Tony and I have both been following her work for a long time. She's incredible incredibly talented, not only in the kitchen, making delicious food, but also as a food photographer. And that is how I was first drawn to her incredible work. She has a blog, a cookbook, three three books, three books. And we're really excited to share the tips that she has. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Where are you right now? I am at my desk in Las Vegas, where I moved uh, like just under two years ago. How do you like it there? I actually really like it. You know what? If my house, like we rent a house here, which is much more affordable than when we were living in Southern California, but um, the house is not very efficient. So that's kind of the downside uh, of renting a house that, you know, someone doesn't want to put money into. But otherwise, I really like it. I'm kind of a night owl. So having food open all the time and like vegan options that are good late at night is fun. And 
a lot of vegan options. Like Las Vegas has become a plant-based hotspot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I moved out here, I knew... Well, part of the reason I moved out here is because I did a book event for my first cookbook, Vegan Bowl Attack at Regination, which is one of like the main vegan restaurants here, uh, opened about four years ago. And I ended up selling out of all these cookbooks in like a weekend pop-up, which um, I don't know what y'all's experience with cookbooks is and like events is that typically you'll sell like a few mm-hmm. and then you're like stoked and you know talk with people and that's great but I sold out of like 40 in this like day and a half and it's like wow happening here yeah and it's, it's really that there's like a, a large vegan base and then of course a lot of tourists that come into town and I had thought about moving out here before then like a few years ago so that kind of solidified like you know what maybe it's time to move out of like hyper saturated Southern California and start doing some stuff in Vegas. And uh, I've really enjoyed it so far. And there's a really cool, creative community here as well. That's really awesome. And where are you from originally? I know you you said you came from Southern California, but where are you from originally? I grew up in Orange County my entire life, basically, aside from like the first six months, which was in Corona, which is just outside of Orange County. But yeah, so I lived in Southern California my whole life before this. So you've had access to good food for quite some time. Yes. <laughs> That's very, very lucky. Some people who come on onto our podcast are like born and raised in Michigan and some small little town. So they yeah. have not had that experience. Yeah. And it's so funny that you mentioned that. So my dad, his family is from Michigan. So he moved to Southern California, um, like in his 20s or 30s. But anyways, my grandparents' house was in the, the literal, like, middle of nowhere. Like, the town that is technically where they're part of has a stop sign and, like, not even a light. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't really go into that town. We'd go into the next one to go shopping and stuff. But even there, in the last couple of years, it's been like, oh, I can go to Meyer and get, like, Gardein or you know, tofu or field roast or like all these things like that I was like, what is happening? Because I do remember the few years before then when it was like, oh, I'm very plant-based when I'm out here, yeah. <laughs> which is good. It's good. But yeah, so I've seen both, but luckily, yeah, I grew up in really, really good food. New moving to Vegas that maybe the quality of vegan food was not like quite obviously to where Southern California is, um, but it's definitely getting closer to that. And it's really a small city, like geographically. So that's been like pretty interesting to be in. What are some of your favorite Las Vegas restaurants that are plant-based or very vegan friendly? Only because I feel like it's somewhere where pretty much everyone travels at some point in their life. <laughs> and it's always like, oh, what's the what's the must-go-to place from a local? I mean, I feel like uh, like if you're down with dessert and stuff, like the like classic choice is Ronald's Donuts because they like, for years, I think maybe even like decades at this point, have had um, their raised donuts were just accidentally vegan. They just developed a vegan cake donut, which is like, whoa, because for them, that was not a thing. So usually the first two shelves in Ronald's Donuts are vegan, uh, and those are two large shelves. So they have really great donuts if you're into that kind of thing. What I really love about them is that it's inexpensive. So sometimes I'll go to a vegan donut place in Seattle or another, another specifically vegan, yeah, trendy city. That's a specifically vegan donut place. And a donut is like $4. But when I go to Ronald's, it's comparable 
to the non-vegan donuts, which I really appreciate. I want to go back to growing up in Southern California. Were your parents health conscious or what were you eating while you were growing up? So really, my parents both worked full time, not super health conscious. If I had to break down what our typical meals were, it was something like a protein and then maybe like rice a or a pilaf, like something kind of like that. And then either like steamed carrots with margarine or canned corn or canned green beans, occasionally steamed broccoli with like Velveeta cheese sauce. So very classic American dinner. And by protein, yeah. always a, ve- a meat protein, right? Or like yeah, an animal yeah. meat protein. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, it's a Salisbury steak where you're like, what is that? <laughs> or, you know, we'd have hamburger helper, like things that were very easy for my parents to make because I mean, they would occasionally maybe like cook a steak if it was like a thing, but they're not like cooks necessarily. I don't think that they would consider themselves that. So when I started making food in the house, it was like, what are you doing? What is this? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we want to jump into the reason we brought you on. We have been wanting to talk about meal planning for quite some time. We both meal plan and I I love how much money it saves me. I love how much time it ultimately saves me during the work week. And you are writing a book. So Jackie, what, let's say three things did you yourself learn in the process of writing this book about meal planning? So with my first book, I did Vegan Bowl Attack, which is obviously all bold. Not quite a beginner book, but it has a lot of good components that you can use in it. My second book was Vegan Yak Attack on the Go that came out last year. And that is more beginner, but it's about quick recipes. So you have your like time-wise on the go and then some portable recipes as well, or like prep ahead for snacks and things like that. So this was kind of the next evolution of that book. And it's just, it's called Vegan Yak Attack's Plant-Based Meal Prep. I guess three things. Number one, (laughs) meal prepping is awesome because once I started developing the recipes, I was like, wow, this is just in my fridge like this. Like I just have a wrap that I can grab. Because like I said, usually when I'm developing other stuff, the leftovers don't quite like work out like meal prepping. Um, So that I, I was like, wow, this is why people do this because it is so dang convenient. Like you said, you, you have to think of in a different mindset in terms of, you know, oh, when I'm putting this menu together, I want some of the ingredients to be like repeats so that, you know, you don't have to buy a crazy amount of ingredients to make all these dishes and then have a bunch of stuff left over. And I've always been pretty good in all of my books of if I use a kind of odd ingredient, I'm going to use it in more than one recipe so that at least you use it. You know, you're not stuck with a full bottle of red wine vinegar because I used it in one dressing recipe or something like that. So that's number two is really figuring out what all should be going together, but still making it pretty different. And usually when I use repeat ingredients, it's stuff like either grains or yeah, like a lot of the, like maybe toasted sesame oil or rice vinegar, like the different vinegars and oils and dressings and things like that, where that would be what you got stuck with where you're like, what the heck do I do with this now after I've made this menu? Number three, really thinking about how to do things in a smart way to make it beneficial for, you know, the reader and the recipe maker. It's cool coming from from never having meal prepped, which I imagine is most people listening to this podcast. 
how it really is a practice that when you're following someone's directions with the thought already put in, you build those skills relatively quickly and it becomes sort of second nature. But it is like, at first you're like, what? I have to go and buy specific things at the grocery store. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to add to that too, because I learned how to cook from cookbooks. And I think that there's something special. Some people are like, why do you write, write cookbooks when there are all these free recipes online? But it's laid out in a way that's cohesive and in a tone that's consistent and teaches you so much that you don't get from just following random recipes that you Google search and from a random person you don't whose tone you don't really know. And so, yeah, I, I think it's great that you're putting these all in a book where you teach people from the beginning how to lay out a meal plan. So top tips that you have for people who have maybe never meal plan before or want to kind of get started in that, what are your big recommendations? I'm a huge fan of making lists. So even if you're not necessarily following an actual meal plan, like if you think, oh, I want to have these four recipes or whatever be uh, my meal prep for the week, you know, make a list. So make your shopping list, just take note of all your repeat ingredients, try to get everything together, and then look at the cooking times. If, like I said, if you're not referencing an actual meal plan and, and see how that can be worked together. Cause like, that's why we do this for you because it can be a little hard, but making lists and having a visual reference, uh, is always a great idea. You can have other people do it with you. So if you have kids, give them a simple task, maybe like juicing a lemon or measuring out stuff or whatever, make it into an activity on your day zero is what I like to call it. Adding to what Jackie said, part of writing a list of why I choose to do it is because it helps me assess what I have already. And it helps me stay very organized in where I need to be in the grocery store. I think part of meal planning for me is also time saving. And I don't want to go walk around the grocery store aimlessly. I want to be very efficient and also not have to purchase things I may have already purchased before. So I I end up picking recipes. Like if I were looking at Jackie's book, I would say, okay, I have lentils and I have split peas. What can I make in her meal plans with that? Like I would, I would choose meal plans based on what I have already. And then What's exciting to me is when I love cooking with people, that's a really special bonding time, but it also works out to be in my favor because I have um, my partner do things I don't want to do, like either clean up (laughs) after cooking or cut the onion, which I don't want to do because I don't want to start crying. So uh, there are multiple benefits for doing what Jackie says. Okay. A lot of our listeners, I imagine, are not meal prepping. What would you say to someone who hasn't even really thought about jumping on that bag bandwagon? <laughs> you know, like may what, feel overwhelmed. May by feel it overwhelmed by the thought. Like, is this something that fits in anyone's life? Why would you encourage someone to give meal planning a try? I think, like Tony said, like it is a it is a huge time saver. So even though it's convenient during the week, and like maybe you set aside those couple of hours, you know, on your day zero to prep it's going to end up saving you so much time. And I remember reading something a few months ago where it was really talking about like the mental capacity, or maybe it was just even in a conversation that I had with somebody, which is totally possible. 
but it's like that mental capacity that you don't have during the week. Like, you know, where you're tired, like you said, when you get home and you're like, man, like I don't have the wherewithal to plan something out and like make it. And even that happens to me sometimes where I just shove and I use this example quite often because this is a thing for me is that I'll just shove a few peanut butter pretzels in my mouth and call it a day. Like I'm like, this is, this is dinner tonight. Like I don't feel like dealing with it. My husband, if I'm not home, will grab a can of beans and eat cold beans out of a can for dinner. Like if I'm on a trip or something, I'm like, what are you doing? It takes literally three minutes to like turn that into a burrito. But preparing is important. Yeah, it is. And so I think that if you just want to save time and have good food that's there for you, I mean, here, and here's the thing is that what you can do, if it seems overwhelming, don't plan every meal, like maybe just plan lunch and dinner or just breakfast and lunch because you want to have dinner to, like I said, go out or just have a little flexibility. But then when you wake up, you have breakfast there and you have lunch for work. Like you aren't beholden to do the entire menu if you do not want to. Where can people find you online, Jackie? So I am Vegan Yak Attack everywhere, which is Y-A-C-K, because my name is Jackie. So that's where I turned into Yaki and then Yak Attack mm-hmm. as a nickname. Um, I never knew that. Yeah. Neither did I. Yeah, because some people are like, isn't that like vomit? I'm like, yes, that's the spelling, but that's not. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> I never thought of it like that either, though. <laughs> yeah, and some people are like, oh, like talking, which I'll take that because that's pretty accurate at this point. But um, yeah, so Vegan Yak Attack on Instagram, on Twitter, on Pinterest. I love Pinterest. Uh, well, I guess participating in it. And I even have a YouTube channel that I need to update, but I'm not very good at it. So that's another one of those things where we mentioned the um, podcast earlier where I'm like, I can barely get my stuff together for a YouTube channel. Occasional YouTube videos worth subscribing for. (laughs) Yeah. And then obviously my website, veganyakattack.com, where I post weekly recipes. I have a newsletter where, where I'll post exclusive updates and recipes there. And then my DMs are always open for any kind of like food questions and stuff. I love talking about food and helping people make good food. Thank you, Jackie, for talking with us about one of our favorite topics. We really appreciated it. And if you'd like to go get Jackie's book, we're going to include that in the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com. <laughs> we have so many websites. It's like I can barely, I can barely figure out which one's which. Another one that we encourage you to check out if you are interested in our meal plans and saving tons of money, like a really mind-blowing amount of money, check out plantbasedmealplan.com and you can find all of our meal plans there as well as our budget-friendly snacks and desserts ebooks. And uh, yeah, those have been really awesome resources. So I hope you check them out. And you're welcome to leave us a review. We always appreciate those super much. And we read them. I'm obsessed with checking. Podcast review. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Podcast review. Obsessed with checking to see if anyone has left us a new one. And we haven't gotten one in a while. So make Tony smile. Please make me smile. (laughs) And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, Bye, everyone.